to the next community podcast. I am Angelo Luciani, along with Laura Whalen. Hello. And from Tech Reckoning, John Mark Troyer. Hey, Angelo. Hey, Laura. Hey, guys. On today's show, we had a great discussion about the online competition called Virtual Design Master. And we had Eric Wright, who was one of the co-creators, on to chat about the competition, how it started, where it's going, any new new things coming up. He makes a couple mention on on the podcast about some uh, uh, teasers that are that are about to to be released. But for those that don't know, the Virtual Design Master competition is a online competition for sysadmins who really want to participate in the design side, who may not do that full time. And this gives them a chance where each week they are challenged with a with a, a design. So there's constraints, assumptions, and it's up to them within a, a you know short time frame. Maybe th- typically it was three to four days to come up with a design, and it would get critiqued by a, a number of industry community judges, folks like you and me. And each week, one of the competitors and in some cases uh, two competitors, would get um, voted off the competition until we got to a uh, champion or what we like to call the virtual design master for that year. And the competitions this year will be season three of the competition, broadcast live over Google uh, Hangouts. And it was a great discussion, and I'd like to get your thoughts on on the the competition, Laura, what you thought about the um, virtual design master. Well, I thought it was pretty amazing. I don't know if I didn't hear you mention that, you know, you're the other, uh, you know, co-creator of this. So <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. It's a pretty incredible program. And I think it's it's amazing. It's a really good example of what I, th- I think all three of us really, really feel is the value of community and the value of folks that are out there that are contributing their time and effort, like above and beyond their the, their day jobs, you know for the benefit of the overall community and the future of the technologies and things like that. So I think it's amazing. What do you think, John? Oh, I definitely agree, Laura. A lot of times you think of bloggers as somebody who just like knocks off a blog post you know, in a, in a couple of minutes. This was actually a big project where Angelo and Eric and others came together, you know, did a lot of planning. There was a lot of production involved. The whole idea of taking a, you know, the TV show competition like format on the internet, I, I thought was genius. It really became something synergistic that was much more than just the sum of its parts. So c- congrats, Angelo. Thanks. Thanks, John. Uh, and one of the, one of the, uh, the things that struck me, um, and that I really uh, never thought of, but it sort of became a side, side benefit of the whole competition was the actual the friendships that were made uh, over the course of the competition. I don't believe any of the the folks, for example, in Season 2 actually knew each other. And over the course of uh, three, four, five weeks, you could see that these guys were becoming uh, real good friends. Um, Interaction over Twitter was really interesting. They'd sort of ping each other for um, advice and help uh, during a particular challenge. And then... You know, we we were at VMworld, and um, the ones that were able to make it out to VMworld were sort of seeking out each other. You know, we, you know where is so and so, and and we kind of all met up and got to see each other um, in person. So that that was um, I I really I really liked the fact that 
there was this this sort of friendship or bond made over over the course of uh, those weeks, and they still exist today. And and you'll see, uh, you know, uh, on Twitter, for example, you'll see um, some of the guys blogging and some of the other guys retweeting um, and and you know mentioning the blog um, and things like that. So that was really. Um, really interesting community uh, effect. So that was yeah. great. I think that's a true testament to the fact that this is an altruistic program, that people are in it because they love it. They love the technologies. They want to support others. They want to really be part of this community and be, I guess, an instrumental part of, of the community. And I saw a lot of the same stuff with you know the CTP program and, and some of the other efforts I ran. You, those friendships are some of the closest friendships I have today. Yeah, Lara, you and I have had a longer tenure over in the kind of corporate marketing side, and now we're bringing Angelo over to the dark side. But <laughs> you know, we know that it's kind of so cool, and we are so lucky that we are able to work with this kind of community energy. What Lara and I know, we've been in all these meetings where you know all the corporate marketing people get together, and these people from external creative agencies get together, and they brainstorm, and they try to come up with stuff like this. And usually because of various kind of corporate antibodies and egos and, and, you know, the need to like connect it to selling or something, they, they want to have, they want to create something fun and community oriented, but it often kind of doesn't quite hit the mark. And so Angelo, that, I think you could tell this thing was a genuine kind of community driven, uh, technologist driven, uh, event. I, I think it was a, it's, it's been fun so far. Yeah, and you know, as I mentioned in the podcast, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll mention it again here: the stars of the show are the are the um, judges and the participants, and you know, guy folks like myself, Eric, Melissa, Jonathan, sort of facilitate the whole process. But really, we want to shine a light on these great people that that make up this uh, super awesome community. And just want to give back uh, to to everyone. And I know a lot of people have commented on the fact that they're still they're still downloading uh, a lot of these design docs today, and actually learning learning from them. You know how to how to create one. What's uh, what what should I include in one? How do I you know set up my my um, diagrams? I think we're we're helping folks, and that's really the the great payoff on this. Mm. Yeah, it's really hard to find an actual design document because they're usually proprietary. I, I do have to say, Angelo, uh, this is also a testament to the power of the idea and the versus the marketing execution. Mm-hmm. Because I, I got and the power of persistence. So I got to say, in season one, you guys sucked, like marketing wise. <laughs> Like I could not figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. I could not figure out what episode we were on. I could not figure out what times the episodes were on. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I was paying attention. I've, you know, I've mm-hmm. been, I've been in this, I've, I've been around. Mm-hmm. I'm not a newbie, and, and I had trouble following it. And it was got much better in season two, and, and it, it just, but it shows the power of the idea, right? That it was a little bit confusing if you were coming in midway through the season. But but like season two was better. I know season three is going to get better. So I think for people who like worry about. Um, no, you know, you, I was talking to somebody that's going to launch their blog and they're worried about the template and da da da, and there's enough content there. And I'm like, ah, just launch it. Mm. Just launch it. And, you, you know, you will find out the parts that people like. So this is a testament to that. And it's also a testament to, to, to persistence, right? This was a lot of work and it was season one and then you did season two and it got better and now you're doing season three. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. I just want to say real quick that, uh, that's good advice for us with this podcast too. You know, <laughs> I hope everybody loves it out there. Um, but you know, we're just going to keep striving to be better. 
<laughs> hey, uh, Angela, so for people that aren't going to listen to the whole podcast, although they really should, it's not that long, when's season three coming out? Season three will be in July, and it runs for about uh, four or five weeks, um, and it finishes just before VMworld. But you never know with uh, Eric, Melissa, and Jonathan, they always will, could throw a wrench in the schedule and um, make it uh, more challenging for folks. So uh, it's, in, it's in that time frame. Awesome. So with that, let's uh, get into the interview. Well, thanks for listening to the next community podcast. If you have topic ideas or would like to be a guest on the show, email community at Nutanix.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, your choice. Welcome to the next community podcast. Today, we're lucky to have the, the people, or at least some of the people behind the Virtual Design Master. Uh, today with us, we have Eric Wright, and also we're uh, interviewing uh, someone familiar to the podcast, Angelo Luciani, co-presenter is with us to, to talk about what they're up to, and we also have Laura Whalen um, for this segment too. So yeah, I guess just starting off, what uh, what's happened, guys, in your neck of the woods? What have, uh, what have you guys been up to? Uh, mostly just still recovering from, from season two. The, uh, the great thing is the community has been really, really excited about what we did throughout the, the last year. We're still even, you know, amazed at, at how it's all gone and, and, and how much of a response it was. And we took a look at one of the best metrics we had was how successful everyone's been as a result of doing it. We had a lot of people that have been able to sort of change jobs and, and have advanced their own skills. And the cool thing is that a lot of people actually said that Virtual Design Master came up during their interview as one of the things that said, oh, how did you, you know, get involved with this and, and, and how did you feel it did, you know, towards your learning and whatnot. So we were, we were pretty jazzed about that whole process. So we're heading into 2015 and we're all the planning elves are working away on, on what we're going to do as we head into season three. And, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of really cool stuff ahead. Cool. Um, so could you give us a little background? I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with it, but just for the audience, um, could you talk about kind of what the idea was behind it when you, you both started it and what it's like? I think it's, it's kind of like a cross between the apprentice and master chef, right? For technology. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was, Angelo had that great idea of, you know, the, the phrasing we had on it was, it was like a VCDX, you know, defense combined with the apprentice. <clears throat> and that whole idea of, you know, like Master Chef and Ink Master and all of these sort of master programs, that's, that was how it sort of was conceived with the idea of being able to do the first, you know, technology oriented reality show. We wanted to highlight the talents of people in the community and give them a chance to, you know, kind of, maybe they weren't ready for a full VCDX, you know, certification type of idea, but we thought, hey, maybe they're close enough and it would just be good to kind of give them that, that extra challenge. So I came up with the, you know, this concept, chatted with Angelo on it, and immediately we said, yeah, this is a thing. We have to do this. And that launched us into season one, which, you know, was a bit of a typical first season was getting getting the whole process worked out and figuring out how to do it, what the challenges were, would look like. And then as we went out of there, we said, okay, this was great. We had a, a lot of great participants. And then we thought, well, clearly if it's gone this well with no lead up, then now we've got something that we can bring into season two. And maybe Angela, you want to talk about, you know, what season two and how how we kind of launched upwards and how much of a difference it was in the community as we headed into the second season. When did, when did you kick it off? What year was that? 
So 2013 was the first edition, and uh, so we kind of treat it, these are long seasons. There's only, you know, seven episodes, but they're, we only do it once a year because we only have so many cycles. It's not like American Idol where you do it like three or four times a year? Uh, we've actually had some folks that through the course of, you know, the last few months have said, hey, you know, maybe we should do like shorter durations and, and do it more than once. And I said, well, unfortunately, it's like a second full-time job which is, as we all know, most of us are also bloggers. So we've already got kind of two full-time jobs. A bunch of us have kids. That's three full-time jobs. So tack on VDM and, and it's a whole extra challenge. Yeah, but, but the, the money's so good, Eric. We're sort I'm, of I'm assuming. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're scaling out in a sort of a different way this year, and we can only sort of talk a little bit about it because there's some other stuff that's about to be announced over the next couple of weeks, which is very cool. But, you know, one of the things we will talk about maybe as we, we get through towards the end, well, that's our teaser. You have to hang on a little longer and you're going to get the first VDM announcement for 2015. But, Angelo, maybe you want to talk about the, the second season and, and what a change it was. Yeah, I think it was a, a partly a big surprise to both of us at just the the amount of interest uh, folks showed towards the second season it really uh, did well on twitter got a lot of traction on twitter the the caliber of the participants was outstanding i, I mean you we threw challenges at these people and they were able to um run with them uh, i'm sure they had some trouble but overall they were able to most of them were able to deliver on time and provide a great sort of defense for their 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 design and the great thing about this community competition is it's open to the community and it's open worldwide um from season one our first uh winner was from india and that was so encouraging considering all the 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 challenges and constraints he had working from from his location so it's open worldwide to everyone to participate in. Uh, last year, uh, we selected, I believe, 11 or 12 folks to participate. We had a number of judges. Um, uh, Josh Atwell was one of our judges. Josh Odgers was one of our judges. And I am blanking on the others, Eric. Yeah, we had uh, uh, Mayish uh, Seidel Kiesing, who uh, helped us out. Uh, we also had Brian Kirsch, uh, who's another uh, VMUG leader, and Brian's uh, a great guy. He comes out of the education side. Uh, Tom Howarth was sort of helping us behind the scenes, too. Tom was meant to be a, a participant, and uh, he he runs a VMUG in the U, out of the U.K., and, and Tom ended up helping us out through that process. So that was that was very cool. Andrea Moro, who's also a, a co-leader Good of a VMUG in Italy, so... And he's he's now a Nutanix technology champion. <laughs> Excellent, yeah, and and a great pick there. I think we should mention for for those that don't know, the Virtual Design Master Competition is broadcast live uh, weekly, so over a Google Hangout. That was one of the the interesting pieces of this competition where you could actually watch it take place and see people's uh, competitors' reactions to. Uh, judges uh, commenting on their designs, uh, what was good, what wasn't, what um, needed improvement. Um, so it was it was great to get that immediate feedback. Um, it was almost like um, you know watching uh, your favorite TV show um, at a particular time every night. There was laughing, there was crying. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So for that, have you seen the audience increase for each uh, season of it? Yeah, we've uh, had. Uh, uh, I'd say. Uh, a surge because if you look at our numbers from season one to season two 
in particular, if you look at、um, how many times people viewed the design documents that were produced, those numbers have just skyrocketed. We we host them on、um, a slide share, and it, they're they're open for for people to to view and critique and and sort of get an idea of how to build a design doc, what's required. I, I should put this disclaimer out: they should not be used in production. So、uh, please don't take those design docs and decide to implement、uh, a data center on those things. But it's good for people that want to learn. One of the really interesting comments we got last year was that a lot of folks thought that this was great preparation for、uh, VCDX defense, and, and that was really encouraging to hear because that helped us validate. The quality of work that these participants were producing, as well as the quality of comments the judges were giving back to the participants on their designs, so it was really exciting for everybody. I've always said, and, and I know Eric feels the same way. We've always said that the stars of the show are the participants and the judges. These guys give up their free time to work on projects, to judge projects, to give feedback to one another for the broader community to to learn from and. I don't think we we locked anyone down on you know particular technology. So there was a lot of latitude on what folks were able to to play with. I mean, there were some constraints that we we applied, but overall, folks were able to to let their imagination、uh, run wild, if you will. Were the constraints for for just、uh, ESXi, or could you pick different hypervisors, or maybe I guess describe the design? Like, how did you guys pick these things? I know. I know the team has grown、um, behind the scenes as well. There's other individuals.、Um, I remember hearing that you actually the people behind actually go off and do the design themselves to make sure it, like, they can be done. So maybe just describe the whole process. Yeah, that's the fun part. So the the creative team. So、uh, Melissa Palmer, she's our our creative director, and she helps to to build out a lot of the not only the storyline that backed it because the fun part I think that people really enjoyed was that we had this literal novella style of storyline、oh、behind it. And then the cool thing was outside of that, you know, we would come up with these designs, and sometimes, like you said, we we'd create these bizarre design scenarios where it was like. First was doing you know sort of a pure paper design of a large data center. What are the constraints? And it was very specific about that, highlighting constraints, highlighting limitations, highlighting you know where you build in resiliency, and then the judges could sort of pick out certain things about why you made each of those decisions. Because as we know, there's a lot of different right answers. Best practices are are not really you know fixed in stone, as and and they're not always the same. So as far as hypervisors, we were fairly wide open, and we wanted to make sure that we kept it as agnostic as possible. Some folks actually introduced true, you know, hardware as part of their designs, which was good because then it made them go back and look at the actual literal constraints available on certain hardware platforms. But they did a lot of mix and match. So our first challenge was around create this design that we needed to. Service so much, you know, virtual infrastructure to to be able to manage a certain amount of workload. Then the second challenge was around physically scaling it down into half of a rack. So taking that same, you know, sort of scaled design and making it very small physically, and, and talking about how it changed the way you design, what products you use, what software you use. And then as we went into there, then we went、That's、into kinda, actual application kinda... designs. That、uh, has some real life,、uh, especially today with the、uh, you know oil dropping fifty dollars a barrel. Your budget's been cut in half. Go make it work. 
That's right. And and that's a very important thing is not only this sort of, you know, you've got all the budget in the world, pick any product you want. But it was like now we're saying you don't have a choice. You've got to fit it into this physical space. You know, good luck and may your God go with you, right? <laughs> this is going to be fun. And they really sort of rose to the occasion and learned a lot about physical limitations and, and whatnot. And then we moved up into orchestration and application areas, which was really, really cool because it's sort of the new wave of, of sysadmin. This introduction of the concept of, you know, more DevOps culture and the idea of making infrastructure as code. It seems like this weird thing that's not really there in every data center. In fact, you know, we know there's a, there's a ton of legacy stuff that's around for a long time and it will be. It's got this really long tail. But in the meantime, for us to be thinking ahead of the curve, it's important for us to understand where those apply. So we actually introduced the big challenge was not only we forcibly said, guess what? You're going to deploy OpenStack and you're going to deploy OpenStack with two hypervisors. It has to be VMware and it can be any other hypervisor of your choice. So it can be KVM, it can be Zen, it can be Hyper-V. And so it was really cool to watch folks who had, some of them had never even had exposure to OpenStack. And they had to go ahead and, and stand up a real environment in order to do this in their own personal lab. And then in the final one, it was not only did you have to do that very same thing in a public cloud environment, but you had to do it and add Docker. So they had to not only get a conceptual idea of what it was, but actually do a real, literal implementation of Docker inside this nested cloud environment. It's a really, really cool constraint. I'm glad you guys aren't, you know, just adding the new and craziest things that are coming out into the into the show. Yeah, it was important <laughs> for us to, to be. Yeah, yeah. We we want to try and, and test the waters on some stuff, and and again, it's sometimes it was just nasty. But the good thing is, like I said, we're in an eat your own dog food type of lifestyle. So just in case people were worried, you know, Melissa and I were literally behind the scenes building these environments just to see if it could be done. And it's tough. I mean, I work with a lot of this stuff all the time. And it was challenging for me to even push it down in that amount of time. Again, remembering that this is the this is a fun outside activity people are doing. So it was really cool to to watch people, you know, on a very limited time constraint to be able to deliver. And it, it, we don't always have to deliver. The idea is that you do the best you can and, and see how far you get. The testament to what happens with how aggressive these people are on wanting to do a good job was there were two folks that weren't able to, to go through with the OpenStack challenge, and it was really, really tough to build. So what they ended up doing was they continued to work behind the scenes, even though they weren't even in the competition anymore, and they actually delivered an OpenStack-based uh, VMware environment just to prove out that they could sort of shave that ultimate yak and get there. So for the folks at VMware, you know, we did VMware integrated OpenStack before it was cool. Mm-hmm. I think one of the reasons this this comp- online competition resonated with folks was we were looking, you know, for for sysadmins, if you will, that don't do design in their everyday job, but who have who would like to do that, and so this gave them an opportunity to get into the planning side, and I think that really resonated with folks. Um, a, a lot of people, and we still get tweets out to, uh, today. I mean. I think there was a couple last week where someone was just, you know, watching season one and season two uh, on YouTube again and, and was really pumped about, you know, season three and maybe participating. And so it's really encouraging. So it's, I'm glad we, we sort of help elevate folks, you know, maybe help them brush up on some skills and, and maybe, you know, m- move up in the, the, the organization. 
And the good thing, if we talk about the audience size, and I just quickly looked up the metrics. So over the course of the second season content, and we actually had a lot of folks that went back into the first season, we've had a total of almost 17,000 minutes of consumed you know, virtual design master time on the YouTube channel, which is very, very cool. So effectively, that is you know, just shy of 12 days of actual watching, you know, and that's spread around literally dozens and dozens of countries. It's very, very cool. Time to get on Netflix. I know. I'm going to pump that out and get some, get some cash. How much of the, the presentation skills actually resolve around owning Google Hangout. Does that play a part in how, like, if you're struggling during the, the actual show to, you know, to, to work it, like, I don't know if they're doing whiteboarding through Google Hangout, uh, things like that? We tried to make it as easy as possible as far as the presentation portion. So a lot of the the pre-work is is done in, you know, the paper side of the presentation where they give us video and these, like, large PDFs with all their content. During the actual live session, it's it's much more about are we able to just get a verbal defense, you know, and, and answer some specific questions? The cool thing is that there's nowhere to hide when you're in that session. We've thought about upping the ante a little bit and being able to make something that's, yeah, like a whiteboard-capable product. We've had some challenges around you know, what we're going to use. Google Hangout, we found out the hard way. Guess what? You can actually only have 10 active video sessions at one time in Google Hangout. So we thought, oh, geez, we're going to have to go to a commercial product. Funny story, every commercial product has the same physical limitation. So we were trapped in this idea. So if you look at the first part of it, we had so many competitors, we literally split them into teams in order to get them to be able to show you know, so many people on it at the same time. So we definitely want to add some more live defense capabilities. Potentially whiteboarding is a good option. And, and that maybe is a good chance so we could talk about one of the new things we're doing. So we're introducing an idea that's going to debut at the Toronto VMUG this year, uh, which is on February 26th, not too far away, and that's going to be VDM Live. So we're actually going to do a live session on how to become a virtual design master. This is going to be an actual chance for us, you know, the creators. So we actually have Angelo, myself, and Melissa are going to be at the event, and we're going to be doing some whiteboard sessions on stage and and bringing the audience in to kind of guide them through how it's going to go and what kind of stuff you have to think about when you're doing a a data-centered design or any kind of a larger-scale architecture or even the smallest scale. This is an idea that we want to take and we wanted to build out because the idea that we can be interactive with smaller groups but be very sort of hands-on, it's, it's, it's a very cool concept. That's our first sort of outside of the traditional, you know, seven-episode run that we do. This is the first time we're going to give this a try, which is very cool. So are you going to stream that live? That's one that we're trying to work out the logistics on. Unfortunately, uh, for anybody who runs a large event in, in these convention centers, you figure out that outbound Internet is a very you know expensive and challenging thing to, to get. So we're going to see what we can do. Uh, but worst case scenarios, we, we may sort of do a, you know, some live taping of it. Uh, or we may sort of just work through the process and then and take that concept and, and grow it. Because ultimately, we would like to do a, you know, give you a couple of challenges, give you half an hour to go think about it, and then come up and do a real, like, live whiteboard defense. We had requests from people to do that, and we think it's a, it's a great idea, you know, where it's possible for us to do that. I definitely think that would be valuable for the worldwide community, you know, that kind of a session. So 
Um, and if you could do it live, stream it live, that would be great. I mean, maybe you want to think about having a special sponsorship package or something just for that. Exactly. That's exactly it. Hey, we'd love to say, you know, here's Virtual Design Master Live presented by Nutanix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <Hey-o. laughs> But you're, you're absolutely right, Laura. That's a great opportunity. And again, you know, for us, it's fun to be a part of this. And we kind of get this, this neat thing of, you know, people say, hey, I've seen you guys on Virtual Design Master. But the amazing thing is that these are, you know, people that participate that may not have thought they would have had this kind of a venue. And the cool thing is the recognition factor that they get. You know, we had some of our previous contestants as they go to their local VMUG and they said they're meeting people who are saying like, hey, I saw your I saw your virtual design master defense. That's really cool. And 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 they get a lot of follow-on questions. It's it's helpful to, you know, just to show that everybody has a voice and everybody has an opportunity to, to share that voice, and, and that's a great way to do it. And, you know, I should mention, too, that uh, these participants are actually playing for a prize. Last year, we gave away um, um, a lot of material from different uh, sponsors. We had one special, in particular, one very special um, giveaway where the, the winner I got, um, I think it was 20 hours of mentoring for a VCDX defense plus his VCDX defense, I believe, uh, paid for by one of our sponsors if he chooses to go all the way. That was really special. And we, you know, we really, um, want to thank Renee for that in particular. But yeah, the, you know, the, these guys are putting in a lot of time. They're doing it on their free time. In addition to the learning they're doing, we, we wanted to somehow uh, reward them with some, you know, monetary material or, or whatever. But uh, yeah, that that was that's part of the the competition. I thought season one actually had a really great prize. After just recently spending a thousand dollars unknowingly on Amazon Web Services, I thought season one prize of uh, I don't know what what company it was with, but it was some hosted. Some hosted time, was it not? Yeah, so we had uh, Bare Metal Cloud were the ones that they backed us for season one, and, and they were great, especially in having no knowledge of what it was we were going to do. So the team at Bare Metal Cloud and JP, uh, who was our contact there, JP's great, very vigorous supporter of community, and, and that really stood out. When we actually got to season two, you know, we thought about a hosting platform, so I looked at a couple of options, and we thought, well, it's... There's a capital cost to running this, and we wanted to build a partnership. You know, and it's it's a tough one because there are different companies, and they wouldn't have had the awareness because they'd be more pure cloud providers, and they don't see the VMware community stuff or the OpenStack community. So what we did was I reapproached JP at Bare Metal Cloud and said, "Hey, you know, is there any chance we can you know get a bit of a discount? You know, and and we'll pay for the hosting for for the site." And uh, and he said, "No worries." Uh, I've got you covered for time. You get the the two labs. Let us know what resources you need. And then he threw in an additional prize pool of, you know, continued cloud time. So we actually had enough to split it between the top three competitors. So again, like you said, Dwayne, that's a, it's a tough one. You know, those costs can be real and it's, it's good to give, you know, folks and, and we've had great responses from people that used it because they said, you know, they can just keep that lab up and running and, and, and see the idea of, because our physical home labs, they can only do so much. So it, it was a, a nice little bonus for everybody. I know myself. I learned the hard lesson on AWS that check the other regions and see what you have deployed in there. Because a month later, you, uh, you'll you find out <laughs> with an email, and that's not the good way. Yeah, that's an, uh, the unfortunate reminder of cloud services, which is a good – that's why – 
with the virtual design master, we really try and focus on the idea of you know private clouds and the having public clouds involved in it is really cool. In fact, one of our uh, our defenses we had for one of the challenges was an entirely AWS driven. That was actually Timothy Patterson, and Timothy was actually the winner of of season two. So that was really cool that we introduced something new, a completely public cloud derived design. So it was interesting as the judges got to take a look at it, and even they may have not have had as much familiarity. So when we look at you know what's valuable to organizations and to us as designers and architects, being aware of the value of private cloud and how to effectively architect a private cloud was very important for us. And and all of the competitors stood up, and you're seeing it at Nutanix. I mean, folks are you know we like the idea of public cloud, but that keeps costing. You know, and private clouds are definitely where we see a lot of focus is going and. It's helpful for us to try and lead the way for people. When I was on the customer side, we ran the numbers before, and it was still more cost-effective privately. It just it depends on the use case and what you're doing, like like anything, right? You there are there's times where Amazon makes perfect sense, and there's other times where you'd be a, a lunatic. I think the whole concept that you guys are doing is just great, um, and really the heart of it for me is just getting people speaking, talking about what they're doing. Yeah, and for Virtual Design Master, um, you know, I know there's probably several benefits after these participants are finished with it. Like, you know, it's a great prep for the VCDX defense, like I think we talked about. You know, are there any other notable benefits that the participants have seen? I think a number of folks actually got job offers, if you will. Um, Not solely based on uh, Virtual Design Master, but it had come up in conversations so that was interesting to hear uh, from from the the broader community. You know, that's a great uh, great example of of work that you put into the community, and and you know what what will come out of it. And we had two of our competitors that had just sort of stumbled upon it through you know through watching, and two of them out of the original eleven have actually become bloggers and have had consistent blogs. Uh, and it was it's great to see that they've now found this opportunity to push their voice outwards and, and get feedback. And, and that was an important thing for us is, you know, we just want to highlight the skills that are out there in, in these folks and, and give them an opportunity to get, have a new venue to show off their talent. Well, guys, you, uh, you got the teaser up on your website. Why don't you tell us when, when and where we should be looking and, uh, and how we can get a hold of you uh, to find out more? Yeah, the usual uh, thing is you can watch virtualdesignmaster.com, which is our site we're about to relaunch as we head into our, our third season and, and other things. As I said, if you're going to be at the Toronto VMUG, you'll get to see the first ever VDM live on stage. You get to meet the one and only, the Luke, Angelo Luciani, <laughs> uh, myself, uh, otherwise known as Disco Posse on Twitter, and uh, Melissa Palmer will be there as well. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a great opportunity for us to meet and we're going to be announcing the dates for season three over the course of the next very short while. And there's some other events that are going to be coming up as well in between, which is which is very cool. And if I could just add one thing, follow hashtag virtual design master on Twitter. Uh, and we sometimes use hashtag VDM. Well, great, guys. With that, uh, we'll, we'll call it a day. Um, I will definitely be looking for you guys and seeing uh, the next episode. So thanks for uh, joining us today on the, the next podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you on the Twitters. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Well, thanks for listening to the next community podcast. If you have topic ideas or would like to be a guest on the show, 
email community at Nutanix.com. We also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, your choice. I'm Angela Luciani. I'm Laura Whalen. And I'm John Troyer. Thanks, and see you next week.